happy Friday, everybody. 10.09 in the morning. So this topic's weighing heavily on me. I think I'm going to do an actual series here today, gone tomorrow. But I'm also going to make a new series called Humble Survivor. That could be the title of my book, a documentary, a made-for-TV movie. Because eventually down the line, I want people to know the struggles that I went through, how I got to be where I am now. But I'm still struggling. A part of me feels, or actually, sometimes I feel alone in this world. The reason why I say that is my family has just kind of shut me out. Um... as I knew that it would happen because I had predicted this even way before. You know, I asked my mother or I actually spoke to my mother. I had a conversation and I said, Mom, I know exactly what's going to happen. I had predicted it and it came true. Premonition, they asked me, are you psychic? Maybe I am. I don't know. I don't know. I might be. But it only happens on very rare occasions. We had talked about this and um, it hurt. I said, when you're gone, I'm going to be alone. That's a sad fact. The one thing she had always wanted for me is happiness. I don't want to see you upset. I don't want to see you depressed. And I never want to hear from you that you're going to take your life because of it. Don't ever hear me, hear you, hear me, you say that to me. Because again... Why would you take your life? Why? Why? Is your life so bad that you need to get out of it? You know that God had given you a second chance when you recover from your cancer. And I clearly remember or hearing you say you want to do good for others. Well, how are you going to do good for others if you're not here? How is that going to work? Trust me. I heard. Mothers know these things. And my mother was the type of woman that would always try to lift me up. The way I felt, I would try to hide what I was feeling from her. But I think she saw it in my face, in my, and she heard it in my voice. Sometimes you cannot disguise your voice when you're sad. You could try. Ever like talk with somebody on the phone, and all of a sudden your voice cracks? But they ask you, how are you feeling? And you try to sound like you're, you're happy or you're positive, but deep down inside you're not. But you don't want to reveal that to anybody because you're afraid that if you start telling people how you really feel that either they don't want to listen or they'll hang up on you or they just don't want to be around someone who's, quote, down on themselves. You know what? Shame on you. If you're a true friend, if you're a true friend, you will stick around and help these people, help your friend get through whatever they're going through in life. Do you know life is not always easy? Life sometimes can be challenging. Trust me, I know this. I've lived life and I went through so many different obstacles. And I had nobody to turn to. I was by myself. When people say to me, who's your friend in life? Me. I don't have any friends. And you're like, really? No. A beautiful young woman like yourself does not have a friend? I don't have any friends. I don't know why people can't believe that. My own friend is me, myself, and I. Now, somebody took offense to that for whatever reason. I've said, but it's true. I'm not not offending anybody by saying that. 
I just don't have friends. I don't know. Do people want to be my friend? Probably not. And they said, but why would you put yourself down like that? Well, let's put it this way. It is not easy to make friends. Unless you know of someone who knows someone who knows someone. That's the only way you can actually be introduced to people. I'm not going to go up to a random stranger and say, Hey, you want to be my friend? Or put a big sign on my back and say, Hey, I'm lonely. Can you be my friend? I'm not going to do that. You don't know what kind of people you're dealing with. Now, when I was sick with cancer... See, before I was sick, I was very, very shy. I wouldn't even go up and talk to people unless they spoke to me first. But for some reason, after I had my cancer and I was in the hospital, I don't know what came over me. I started talking to people. The shyness kind of slowly, slowly disappeared. I started talking to people. The doctors, the nurses, the orderlies, uh, other people that were next to me, like neighbors. I don't know where it came from, and I think I got my strength. I'm not going to say thank you for the cancer, no. But when you have an illness, it changes your personality. It, it makes you change. It makes you see life and people in different situations in different ways. Is that good or bad? Well, it all depends. I saw people for who they really were, but before I was clouded. I was like blinded. I was blinded, as you could say. You know, the blind leading the blind. Do I trust anybody? Well, it all depends on who the person is, number one. Number two, what are their intentions with me? Do you want to be my friend because you just want to be my friend? Or do you or do you feel sorry for me? I don't like it when people say, oh, I pity you. You don't have any friends. Don't pity me. I don't want pity. I don't want pity. What I do want is for someone to understand me. For someone to, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling low, when you're feeling like no one really cares, it's good to have a friend say, hey, look, let's let's lift each other up. Let's go out and have a good time. I don't have that. You know what I do on the weekends? I either make videos or I take myself out. But where do I go? Well, I don't know. I find a place where I can reflect. Now, if I really wanted to, and I was brave enough or trying to be brave enough to do this, I sometimes go to the park. What I want to do is actually videotape myself in the park, see if I can actually get random people, if I ask them a question, to kind of engage with them and see, you know, if that will draw any kind of attention. But a part of me is afraid to do that. I don't want to pull random people off and talk to strangers. You know, when they say when you're younger, don't talk to strangers. You don't know the type of people you can meet. And when you're by yourself, you're more vulnerable. When you're with someone, you feel a little bit of protection. The problem with me is I don't want to be alone. Especially now in this part of the world, I really believe I can make my life somewhere else. I really believe that. If you don't know me and I don't know you, but you've heard of me, you think, oh my God, wait a minute. You look familiar. I would like someone to say that to me. You look familiar. Don't you have a podcast that you do? Yes. Didn't I see you on LinkedIn? Didn't you, weren't you the woman that survived breast cancer and wants to help others, but you also showed your battle scar? That's fearless. I love that. I love that. That's where I know you from. Sure. You're right. That's me. I have no shame of showing it. This is my identifying characteristic. If I didn't have this, do you think people would have believed that I had cancer? No. If I had an implant, if I decided I want to put a breast on here, they wouldn't believe it. 
They wouldn't say, wait a minute, but why are you telling us the story? Why are you want to helping us? How do we know that you had cancer? That's right, how do you know? You don't know. But I do. I could tell you every symptom, every drug, everything that I went through in my early 30s, or mid-30s actually, where I thought the quality of my life was just downhill. And the time that I wanted to give up, my mother said to me, no. You're going to fight? You're going to fight like hell to stay on this earth. You're going to fight like hell to stay on this earth. I will be damned. But she didn't say it like that. I will be damned if I'm going to let my youngest daughter die on me. You're not dying. If you die, why should I stay on this earth? Do you think that my life would get any better if I lost you? Do you know that when you were, before you were born, or when you were born, you were a surprise? And I said, but mom, you told me I was an accident. No. I meant to say you were a surprise. You were a blessing, a gift from God. But I still believe I was an accident. I wasn't a planned baby. You know, I don't think my mother and father had the intention of having more than two children. But when I came along, they didn't abandon me. They didn't give up on me. They didn't give me away. They loved me. They accepted me. Okay? When you have children, you think, oh, I'm going to have a baby, but I'm going to plan it. I just think it should happen naturally. You know, when it happens, it happens. It becomes a surprise, a miracle. Why do people have to plan things? Let it come naturally. Let it come naturally. You know, when, when, when everyone says, well, we have to plan to do this, it's like you're putting yourselves on a schedule. Why? Let it come naturally. Take it one day at a time. Do you think that my mother and father planned their kids? No, they didn't. Back then, it was different. It was a different time. Their culture was different. I don't think they even talked about sex, but they did it. Think about that. You can't have that image of your parents having sex because that's a little gross. And you don't want to think like that. But sometimes you think to yourself, and, and sometimes parents will bring this up, when you have a teenage daughter or a son, you want them to be responsible. You know, they're going to experiment. Well, if you're going to experiment, use a condom. I don't want to find out that my son impregnated his girlfriend. I don't want to find out my daughter is pregnant by her boyfriend. If you want to have sex, be responsible, but use a condom. I'm not going to say you can't have it, and I'm not going to say you're too young, but you should know that sex is a big deal. And when you're young, if you have an accident and you have a baby, you're responsible for that. You're responsible for that. Not me, you. We could teach you, we teach our children right from wrong. Right from wrong. But you should know better. You should know better. Why? Well... My mother and father, I couldn't talk to them about sex. You know how I found out about sex? <laughs> from a video. From a, uh, back in the day when the VCRs were a big deal. My sister borrowed a, video, a dirty video. Okay? That was my first inclination of what sex was about. Because back then you couldn't talk about it. It was taboo. And it was forbidden until after you got married. Not before. Which I respect that. Well, I respect it. But at the same time, you think, well, wait a minute. If I really love someone and I'm with them for this amount of time, it's okay. It's okay, right? If you're adults. But you think to yourself, but if you tell your children, no, you have to wait, well, then they're going to say, well, why don't you wait? Because we're the grown-ups. We're responsible, right? 
See, that's like, you know, when you, when you teach your children not to hit, but yet you're punishing them, you're hitting them. Then you sit and children will look at you and say, well, wait a minute now, you tell me not to hit, but yet you're hitting me, but I'm disciplining you. But I understand where it's come from, because again, you're giving them, you know, two di- you're saying two different things to them. And that's why children get confused um, in this day and age. And of course, I never got hit. But I got hit when I was an adult. When uh, my mother and father never laid a hand on me. You know, um, and uh, I was like, wow, I made it through my childhood and my teenage years without ever getting hit. But when I got to be an adult in my mid-30s, yeah, the first guy hit me. First time he, he hit me. Not in the face, that'd be too obvious. Any other part of my body. Did I try to protect myself? Well, maybe. I said to him, don't you put your hands on me again unless you want me to break your hand. I was brave enough to say that. But you know what? It's hard to talk to a drunk. When somebody drinks and they hurt you and then they apologize when they're sober, wait a minute, now you're telling me you don't remember hitting me. You think I hit myself? You think I put this on myself? You think I bruised myself? (laughs) Okay, whatever, whatever. You gotta understand something. My life is hard to talk about. I don't remember anything good other than when my parents were alive. That my life was a little bit better when they were alive. Now that they're not alive, it's a struggle for me. I'm living my life on my own terms. I'm living my life I'm just living my life. And uh, I could be a good role model to people. I would like to think that my life could change if I lived somewhere else. They could make a difference. Be a role model. Be an inspiration to others. That's what I want to do. Be an inspiration to others. Help others. You know, if, if you're going through a crisis, I could tell you how I got through it. In the beginning, in the beginning, I wanted to take my life because nobody was around to help me. Then I heard a little voice in my head. I said, wait a minute, back up a minute. If you take your life, you're not going to know what you could become down the line. You could do great things in your lifetime. You can meet fascinating people, which I still want to do. It's a matter of how am I going to do that? The one thing I will tell you is this. I am not going to chase someone for them to find me. I'm not going to chase someone so that I can get recognized. I want someone to discover me. I want someone to say, look, I saw her. That's the woman I was telling you about. Let's get her on a show. Let's interview her. Let's tell let's have her tell her story of how she survived life. What she can give to the viewers out there. A lesson? How to treat others. Humility, compassion. When you're poor, 
Like I was, I struggled. Still struggling, but it was different. It, it, the time that it was, it was different. When you're a young girl, I understood my father. I never resented him for working two jobs. He gave us the best of both worlds. He made us a better life. He created a better life for us. Did I resent him for not spending that time when I was very little? No, I didn't. The thing I never did was I never asked my father for anything. I never wanted to ask him for anything because I was too proud or I just knew that he was working so hard. I didn't want to put pressure. I don't want to put pressure on anybody. I still don't want to put pressure on anybody. I want to see if I could take care of myself. And I want to do that. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. But I don't want someone to say, oh my God, look at her. She's poor. How can you tell? Do I look poor to you? You can't judge a person by how they look. What, what they're wearing? I like to give back to people. What little I have, I will gladly give away. Will I resent it? No. The thing that I want to make clear is, even if you have very, very little, you know what you have rich in? Knowledge. Knowledge, learning. I learn from the best. My parents were my teachers. What I learned from them about life, I could never have learned when I was sitting in a classroom. Because in a classroom, they don't teach you about life. In order for you to live life, you have to experience life. Think about it. In order for you to live life, you have to experience it. In other words, go out and try something. Do something you've never done before. If you fail, you fail. Failing and struggling, again, are strengths. They're not weaknesses. If someone tells you otherwise, then they're the ones that tells you they come from a privileged background and they never had to struggle in their life. Think about it in those terms. Okay? I'm going to continue with this part two because I have to do something at the moment, but I will continue and get back to this. And I will make the title, In Order for You to Live Life, you have to experience life. That's how you live life. You live life, you experience life, period. So I'm going to end it with that. I'm going to say uh, God bless all of you. Have a happy Friday, a great weekend. Be positive. Take care. Mm-hmm.